Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second reading is from the New Testament Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 to 26. Listen again for the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 2022 was the year of the leather pant. You might not have known that. It was. I know because one Saturday afternoon I had a few free hours and I wound up at the town center mall. And I've told you before that it's a dangerous thing when I have a few free hours on a Saturday afternoon. One time I dyed my hair pink with my free hours. Well, this time it wasn't hair dye, it was leather pants. There were leather pants everywhere. Every store had them on sale. So I had to try on a pair. And then I bought a pair. Now some of you are wondering, like I did, whether pastors are even allowed to wear leather pants. (laughs) Some of you are wondering if I'm wearing leather pants right now. I'm not. I'm not, because I took those pants home, and I was so proud to finally be on the cutting edge of fashion. I hung them right in the front of my closet, and I planned to wear them. I really did, but every time it came time to leave the house in them, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's one thing to say that you like leather pants. It's another level of commitment to wear them in public. And in our reading today from the Gospel of Matthew, we see the disciples of Jesus, in particular, the disciple Peter, wrestling with that kind of tension. Now, it's not a story about leather pants. 
it's a story about discipleship. But we read, as we read, we notice that it's one thing to say that you believe Jesus is the Messiah, and it's another to live as if it's true. It all starts when Jesus asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter pipes up. Of course he does. Peter always pipes up. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter, son of Jonah. That's not Jonah in the belly of the fish, different Jonah, same name. Blessed are you, Peter. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, that is the powers of death, will not prevail against it. And what's more, to you, Peter, are given the keys of the kingdom. Peter was in his 20s, and he's getting the keys. I mean, that's quite a promotion. The keys to the kingdom. Peter must be pretty pleased with himself. His parents must be pretty pleased. What could possibly go wrong? I once volunteered to chaperone a youth ski trip, and the next thing I knew, one of the leaders in the congregation came to me with a binder. And she said, you're so organized and the students love you. Would you coordinate the whole trip? I was in my 20s. Like Peter, I felt very important to be chosen for this, to be singled out. Why, yes, I would like to coordinate the youth ski trip because nothing breeds confidence like ignorance. I said, yes, after all, how hard could it be? It's a lot harder than it looks. There were rentals to sort out. Some people wanted to ski, some people wanted to snowboard, some didn't want to do either. And that was just getting the rentals right. There was a bus and there was food and there was lodging. It's one thing to say, I'd love to coordinate the youth ski trip. It's a lot harder to actually put yourself on the line and do it. Peter and the disciples confess their faith and it's a stunning high point in the gospel of Matthew, and not just in this gospel, but also in the gospels of Luke and Mark, we get this exact same story, this exact same high point. Yes, Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. We get that confession of faith. And Jesus says, you're right. And here's the deal, guys. You wanna follow me, I will be persecuted, I will be killed, and on the third day, I will be, no, 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 Jesus, Peter says. You're not going to be killed, right? We're not going to let you get killed. Surely you're not going to die. You can't die on us, not now. You can't die on us now is something people say in hospitals. As a pastor, I spend more time than I'd probably like to in hospitals. But I want to be there, sitting with family, sitting with some of you. You hear that phrase, you can't die on us now, especially when it comes to making gut-wrenching life and death decisions. Sometimes when it comes to making decisions about hospice. Some people get really quiet when it comes to decisions like that. Some people cry, some people rage, some people ask the doctors for all of their opinions, and everyone handles the grief differently, but some people refuse to let go. 
They insist on fighting. We'll keep fighting this. We'll keep fighting this, even when the loved one doesn't want to fight anymore. And we do it because it's hard to say goodbye to the people we love. And it's hard to let go of a future we thought we would have. It's hard to let go of the way we thought the story was going to end and wrap our arms around the way it will end. So Jesus is on a journey and Peter is along for the trip and he's just now found out where that journey leads. And he doesn't like it. So Peter takes Jesus aside. Have you ever been taken aside? Peter takes, come on Jesus, come on. You can't say things like this. You're scaring the guys. You can't say things like this. What happened to all that stuff about on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it? What about the keys of the kingdom? That was good stuff, Jesus. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the good stuff. Remember when you said I was blessed? Yeah, what, what was that about? Tell me more about how, how I'm blessed. Jesus does bless Peter. It's right there. We said it. Blessed are you, Peter, son of Jonah. If Peter had a Facebook page, he might have taken a selfie with Jesus and posted that photo of him holding those keys to the kingdom of heaven. He might have posted that on Facebook with a tag that said, hashtag blessed. Have you seen these pictures? There are lots of pictures like that. Movie night with a family, hashtag blessed. Got the promotion, hashtag blessed. Best birthday party ever, hashtag blessed. And these are wonderful things to celebrate. They're wonderful things to give thanks for, but I think the use of blessed, kind of like those leather pants, has become a bit of a fad. Because not only can you find it on Facebook, you can find it, hashtag blessed, printed on all sorts of things. You can find coffee mugs and throw pillows and candles and t-shirts and notepads and bumper stickers that will declare to the people in your life and to the world at large the good news. I am hashtag blessed. Do we even know what that word means? Does that word mean what we think it means? I'm not so sure. Because if Jesus isn't the kind of Messiah we expect him to be, his blessing might not be the kind of blessing that we expect either. I told you this moment is a turning point in the Gospels. And if we take it seriously, it presents a turning point for our faith. See, we can walk through those doors every Sunday, confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and that's all well and good. But are we committed to following him? Are we really committed? Because that commitment is hard, and it's messy, and it requires dying to ourselves over and over and over again. Our reading from Romans chapter 12 gives a, a view of how we might follow in Jesus' footsteps. We read, hate what is evil, 
Cling to what is good. That sounds pretty nice. I'm with it. I like that. But then read on. Honor one another above yourselves. Okay. Be patient in affliction. Now hold on a minute. Bless those who persecute you. Yeah, bless those who persecute you. Even that one person you can't look at because you're so hurt and you're so mad. Even them. Be willing to associate with people of low position. That's my favorite. That means stop sitting at the same lunch table with all your friends. And those people that you wouldn't be caught dead with, make friends with them. And if you think, gosh, that sounds humiliating. It is. It is. The life that Jesus lays out for Peter and the others is the life that Jesus himself lived. We talk about Jesus being humble and we say we should be humble. We like that word humble in the church. It's a nice word. We've kind of forgotten what it means. The word humble means the state or condition of being humiliated, embarrassed. Here in our text we read, that not only will Jesus live a life of humiliation, a life that takes him directly to the cross, we read that Jesus invites Peter and the others to join him in this life. You wanna confess that I am the Messiah, the son of the living God, Peter? Then deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This doesn't sound much like a blessing, does it? It doesn't sound much like a blessing because we are tempted to connect blessing to good fortune. And if you're thinking that, you're not alone. But Jesus doesn't talk about blessing quite this way. When Jesus talks about blessing, it's something more than that. God's blessing isn't measured by the size of a bank account, the size of a house, the size of your family, the strength of your health, or the length of your life. If it were those things, Peter should not be called blessed. Because Peter's life does not follow a path of good fortune. His life, his steps, follow the footsteps of Jesus. And those footsteps will lead Peter to a gruesome death on a cross. So Peter should not be called blessed if blessing is connected to good fortune. And yet, he is called blessed. And that's interesting. Because when we look on Facebook and we look up that hashtag blessed, we don't see things like, I have cancer, hashtag blessed. Or, my marriage is falling apart, hashtag blessed. Or my child is struggling with addiction, hashtag blessed. I'm so lonely, I'm desperate for a friend, hashtag blessed. We don't see that. So where is the blessing? Where is the blessing in those moments? And where is the blessing in Jesus' life? And if a life of faith is a blessed life, what does that mean? I think God's blessing isn't about good fortune. It's about redemption. The blessing is in the redemption. Because this is what we know. God has the power to redeem 
our failings, our brokenness, our mistakes, our humiliations, our sin, our regrets. God even has the power to redeem death. And from those difficult, painful places to make something new. That's the blessing. If God can redeem a crucified Christ, an embarrassment, a failure, a humiliated Christ, if God can redeem a crucified Christ, then God can redeem Peter, and God can redeem you, and God can redeem me. That's the blessing. So don't throw away your coffee mug with hashtag blessed, but know that maybe that word means more than you thought it meant. The question for Peter is the same question for us. If we confess that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, are we prepared to commit to living as though it's true? If we make the confession, are we prepared to make the commitment? See, it's very fun to try on leather pants in the privacy of a dressing room. But leaving the house in them, potentially being humiliated for it, that's another thing entirely. It's one thing to come here and, and say we want to be kind, we want to share God's love, but going out in the world and praying over lunch, I mean, someone might see that, right? So living it takes courage. It takes courage to take that step. Now, in time, Peter will come to understand, as we come to understand, that the road to resurrection leads to and through the cross, but it does end in resurrection. That road is not free of pain or suffering or want or death. We're not promised that. What we are promised is that no matter where that path takes us, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, our God can redeem it for good. This road, this discipleship journey may not be easy, but it is the road that leads to life abundant. Thanks be to God. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.